Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Director Christine Stolakis' intimate and moving documentary film, Pray Away, starts with the words, I live transgender, but I left it all to follow Jesus. So explains self-identified ex-tran Jeffrey, whose belief that change is possible reflects the core message of the conversion therapy movement today. In this revealing documentary film, Pray Away, Former leaders of the Pray the Gay Away movement contend with the aftermath unleashed by their actions while the survivors seek healing and acceptance from more than a decade of trauma. Pray Away takes us to the 1970s. Five men struggling with being gay in their evangelical church started a Bible study to help teach each other to leave the homosexual lifestyle. The men quickly received over 25,000 letters from people asking for help, and this became the basis of Exodus International, the largest and most controversial conversion therapy organization in the world. The film is called Pray Away, and we're joined today by the director, Christine Solakis, as well as one of the producers, Anya Rouse. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this film. The conversion therapy movement is something that was, it would seem to, even at the time to me, such a blunt instrument intended to sort of not only its stated purpose to convert gay people into uh, heterosexual people, but also it always reeked of this sort of political agenda attached to it. Uh, I'll ask you, Christine, how did you sort of begin uh, this process of doing a documentary about this particular movement? I got to the topic because my uncle went through conversion therapy when he came out as trans as a child. He attended conversion therapy during a time when all therapists were essentially conversion therapists. So this was in the 60s. And then he continued to believe what I now understand to be the ex-LGBTQ belief system that change is possible. He had a very tough life. Um, of a lot of very intense mental health challenges that include anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, addiction, suicidal thoughts and ideations. And I've learned also that this is extraordinarily common for people that go through this movement. He had a really, really good 10 years of sobriety and good mental health where he was my babysitter and was one of my favorite people on earth. And I spent a lot of time with him. Uh, it was years later that it was when I became an adult and a filmmaker that it was explained to me that his mental health, which had again deteriorated, his poor mental health had originated in this experience and larger belief that there was something very sick and sinful about himself. And he never escaped that his whole life. He um, passed away really unexpectedly right before I went to film school. And I made the decision that I wanted to make my first film about the conversion therapy movement and kind of like a haze of grief. And I started doing research after I left film school on the movement, and I found a really defining fact about the movement, which is that the vast majority of conversion therapy organizations are run by LGBTQ people themselves who say that they themselves have changed from gay to straight or trans to cis and that they know how to do it and are teaching others to do the same. And for me, that was like the key that unlocked it all in terms of me 
understanding just how hard and horrible, frankly, my uncle's life had been, I understood that there were people that had given him tremendous hope. It was a false hope, but it was hope. And he was devastated that he couldn't change himself because he believed it was possible. And that became the core of what became Pray Away is these former leaders who have now come out and are now work as gay and are have come out also against their former work leading the conversion therapy movement and are now trying to stop the movement that they helped grow. And then throughout the course of making the film, we then weaved in the story of a survivor as well. Someone like my uncle who experienced the movement as a participant, as a way to really stay centered in the trauma and the pain that this movement causes, no matter the good intentions of a lot of its leadership. And I do think a lot of its leadership has good intentions that they think, at least in the beginning, that they're helping people. But I know from personal experience, they really aren't. And all research backs that up. We know that all major medical and psychiatric uh, organizations say that conversion therapy not only doesn't work, but is extraordinarily harmful. We also know it's really common. And that was kind of the last piece of the puzzle I learned that made me feel very determined to make this the film originally when I started by myself. And then as my team grew, became our film. But we know that nearly 700,000 people in the U.S. alone have gone through this, which is bananas. It is much more mainstream than people think, and we hope that the film captures that. So all of that became the five-year journey of making Prayway. Real quickly, touch on the idea of psychiatric community and their role in, essentially, it wasn't that long ago that uh, homosexuality was officially considered a disorder, and that uh, and that it was that lasted for decades until fairly recently that 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 all changed. So, and then also when you layer into what these people were going through, you throw in religion, which in my mind is the most single, most powerful institution in most societies. And certainly I think it's arguable that it is in ours. Mm -hmm. To have those kind of, all of that, and also the family pressure, there's so many things kind of pressing down upon people who come out as gay and then all the pressure that's brought to bear on them. So this, this is, this is all in this film. Uh, the, the organization Exodus is one that's uh, spotlighted in the film. Exodus International is one of the sort of the umbrella organizations. I want to turn to Anya and ask, how did this project come to you? Yeah, so the project came to us because of a, a mutual colleague who we've worked with and producer who we've worked with on a number of projects. And he was a mentor of Christine, Daniel Chalfen, and had really got a sort of sense of her work through a BAFTA award-winning film that she had done. And uh, my producing partner, Jess Devaney, has a background in, uh, she grew up evangelical. Our first film as Multitude was a short film called Love the Sinner that looked at the intersection of homophobia and uh, the evangelical world in the wake of Pulse. And so Daniel connected Christine to Jess to just initially sort of like talk about this project. And Jess was so struck by the access that Christine had already gained and also her personal relationship. And she brought it to our team at Multitude. And, you know, I think was really struck with the fact that Christine was talking to the folks who are basically household names in the world of conversion therapy. So like the they had been held up as sort of like the superstars of the movement, like key spokespeople of that movement. And she knew all about them and had done, you know, such a depth of research of understanding this, but also really wanted to build out her team in a very deeply values aligned way that we orient, which is 
you know, really thinking about a representational storytelling model so that the, that the people on the team had, like her, direct kind of direct relationships to the conversion therapy movement in some way or the other. Our team is a queer women-led organization uh, company and the, the casting of the additional characters that, um, and protagonists that we engaged and other team members um, certainly have direct ties into this story as well. Yeah, and I think it's so important that these stories are being told because I think there is the sort of the top line of homophobia there's, and, the, and the struggle for civil rights and all of the things that have happened, even very recently with the legalization of gay marriage. There's so many things that have been happening, but it's it's that stuff that's below the surface, right? Okay. It's, it's in the journey. It's in this process of gaining acceptance in, in civil rights that and, the, and that you find these stories. And you find this sort of immense amount of collateral damage. And we wonder, you know, why are our societies often so dysfunctional and so unable to deal with truth, to deal with any to things that will move us forward in terms of understanding? And then you come up against some, a story like Exodus International. Under, you know, it makes it easier to understand all of that. That's right. And that was a really important part of this film, too, was looking at the power mechanism that drives this movement and the links between this movement and the ideology and narrative that both being LGBTQ is being sick or sinful or wrong in some kind of way. And the way that that is used as driving anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ policies in this country and and an ideology around the world. Yeah. Well, Christina, I want to revisit a little bit what I was saying earlier about this sort of very powerful kind of nexus of religion and just general social resistance to change and, and, and how that f- sort of feeds into the power of something like Exodus International and how you were able to gain the confidence of these people who were part of it and now are not. Talk a little bit about some of those people that, were, that are part of that. In terms of the relationships with the people in the film, I could say so many things about that. But the first thing I think is I am overwhelmingly thankful that all the people in the film were willing to share their stories with me. Because even if you're, if you're a survivor, if you're a former leader or you're a current leader, this is a very vulnerable thing to talk about. You are talking about some of the most painful and traumatic moments of your life. For former leaders, they're talking about having done things that truly harmed people. They're admitting to believing something that they no longer believe in. And then for the current leader in our film, he agreed to be in what he saw in the, as a secular film. He's someone that surrounds himself with a lot of Christian media. And that took trust that we would do our best to honor where he's at. But he also knew that we'd be leaving in critical voices. That was always told to him directly. So I know you asked specifically about Exodus, um, but just it's helpful for me to like lay that groundwork in terms of the relationships more generally. In terms of the people who are former leaders in the film who since come out as LGBTQ in some ways, I think a lot of them saw this as a way to publicly acknowledge that they had not only changed their minds, but they were willing to admit that what they did in some way was wrong. I know firsthand that these people are very complex for a lot of LGBTQ folks and in particular survivors. And to Anya's point, something that we really wanted to shine a light on in the film was how power works in this movement. This is not a movement of four bad apples, because if that were true, when these now former leaders defected, 
the conversion therapy movement would have ended, which it did not. And it has not. It continues today. And we know that. We know it continues on every major continent. And we say the word major because we don't have a recorded case in Antarctica. So this is really commonplace. And what our film, I hope, shines a light on is the fact that as long as this like larger culture of homophobia and transphobia continues, some version of this will continue because we a lot of times referred in the making of this film uh, to the fact that it's kind of a study of internalized hatred wielded outward. When I built relationships with the former leaders, all of this was made explicit in our conversations that the film wouldn't treat them as perfect heroes or villains that we saw that a lot of them were survivors themselves. We also knew the pain that this caused. We would also be weaving in survivors' voices. And I have just found the more honest you are with your intentions, the more people respond. And you know, no wool was pulled over anyone's eyes in terms of what we were going to make. And overall, the response has been really positive in terms of what we made and, and the, all the people in the film's processing of it. So yeah, it's hard to talk for me to talk about like one versus the other because I really view the relationships as like one core part of the filmmaking as a whole. But yeah, I hope I answered your question. There are so many, you know, wonderful stories to be told. I say wonderful, it's not maybe exactly the right word, but illuminating stories to be told in this film. And I don't think I mentioned enough, the film is called Pray Away. And it is uh, premiering on Netflix on August 3rd. So be looking for this and congratulations on landing on Netflix. Um, yeah, that's pretty wonderful. Thank you. And I, I, I just what you said, I just want to kind of say it again. And, and that is, this is still going on. For me, I'm speaking for myself, I'm not speaking for anyone else. And to say that it is a cynical manipulation of people's fears to raise money. This is really what it, it comes down for me. These people know better. And if they don't know better, God help them, right? I mean, but uh, but but the part of me that the Dobson, the James Dobsons of the world, um, the Pat Robertsons, these are this is a cynical instrument to raise money. Anyway. I'd love to actually talk about that and just tease something out from there. And I hear what you're saying. You know, one thing I actually found is that most of the leaders of this movement, they're not doing it for the money. And I'm talking about the LGBTQ individuals who say that they themselves have changed. Now, I think what you're getting at, as I see you nodding, yeah. <laughs> and I think we're on the same page, yeah. is that those people's stories, their identities, are often weaponized by political right organizations in support of getting the vote out to vote a particular way that leans conservative, to vote, to encourage people to vote um, in favor of legislation that is harmful and takes away the rights of LGBTQ folks that uh, you know takes away their dignity. And that is extraordinarily problematic. And that is something we explore in the film. And I'm not trying to excuse the people who use their stories in service of that. And that's also something we don't do in the film. I mean, we lay it bare, but that those stories were used for problematic ends. But I just say that only because I have seen people go after leaders in this movement, specifically those folks that say they've changed and said, how dare you make money off of this? Uh, and a lot of people actually aren't making money. They're doing it because they think it's right. They think that they're helping people. So I just, you know, in case some random leader is listening to this, I just want to say that I know you're not doing it to steal money from people overall. That is a part of this world. But for better or worse, it's actually a world often filled with good intentions. And that's what makes it so hard to stop. But I think if people can watch the film, which I really hope they do, and just see the harm of the movement, they can also learn that they have the power to stop it. You know, there's another way that they can put food on the table. 
Um, so. You said it much better than I did. That's exactly what I meant, what you, what you said. I'm talking about the James Dobsons. I'm talking about those people. I'm not talking about the people we see in the film at all. I, I totally understand. Any I'm sure they've lost you know, resources and friends and family and all kinds of things have happened. But it is the cynical manipulation of these people. And lest you think this isn't powerful, California voted essentially to uh, ban gay marriage. California, if it can happen here, I don't think it'd happen again, but I, you never know. And I think this is why pray away is important. We should Thank always you. be vigilant about these kinds of things. They don't go away, unfortunately, right? Thank you so much. Thank you both so much. It's such a terrific documentary film. There's so much humanity in it. And it's there's so much that you, through the relationships that you built with these people who have who have walked away from Exodus and other organizations like this. And even with Jeffrey, it's hard not to like him, but I just, Jeffrey's the trans man who is now claiming that he's not transsexual. And it, there's, but there is a tremendous amount of humanity in this film. That's, that's the important part. The film again is called Pray Away. It's premiering on Netflix. It's also through Multitude. Are we gonna see a VOD release or how, how's that gonna happen as well? Yeah, so. We're really putting, you know, the weight behind this Netflix release. And one of the things that was really significant for our, um, for this film was of being able to reach as many households as possible and particularly communities where conversion therapy, I mean, conversion therapy happen is happening in every community, but in homes where young people are um, coming out and looking for resources or family members can choose other kinds of ways of making decisions around how to support their their loved ones. So we're, you know, this opportunity is obviously brings this film to hundreds of countries and in dozens of languages. And we're also planning a really extensive community engagement campaign for, with the leading organizations that are working to end conversion therapy so that there can be really targeted deep conversations within church and religious and conservative communities using this film as a jumping off point and, and connecting the dots of so much of what we've talked about today. Okay. And if I can add the smallest thing is, is that we know that conversion therapy happens mostly in religious organizations. And when you see a ban get passed I and mean, it says conversion therapy is now illegal in X state, that ban specifically is for licensed therapists. And that's an important part of what we need to do to make this end. But unfortunately, in our country, you know, we have, what, uh, which is not a necessarily a bad thing, but we have robust religious freedom protections. And unfortunately, for this movement, what that means is that where it happens the most, we actually cannot stop it legally. So the bans are an important part of the work, but what we really need is a culture shift. We need people in communities to realize that they have the power to stop them, to stop them themselves to stop this. So I really hope if someone's listening to your program that they consider sharing the film, maybe, you know, on their social media or, whatever, media or whatever. I have learned so many people are touched by this movement that you didn't realize were because we need as much help as possible getting into those communities to get to that hearts and mind shift. Thank you. Thank you for all of it. Thank you so much. The film again is called Pray Away. We've been speaking with the director, Christine Stolakis, as well as the producer, one of the producers. What an amazing roster of producers you have for this film, by the way. And, the best. I am one lucky filmmaking duck. They're the best. You are. And that would be Anya Rouse. Thank you so much for this. And thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.